Thank you for coming Thank you for coming out. Welcome. Happy New Year. My name is Dubs Weinblatt. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I'm so excited to be here. In 2015, I founded the Queer Improv Show, Thank You for Coming Out, or TIFCO as we call it, and it is now one of the longest-running queer improv shows in New York City. During the show, our storytellers share their coming out stories, and then our improvisers bring them to life. Our podcast is a little different. We have a storyteller share their stories, but instead of folks improvising, we talk about them. And today, um, I'm very, very excited about the guests that we have. Um, today, we have Maybe Burke, they, them pronouns. Hi, Maybe. Hello. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So I know that we have something in common right now, and it's we both have a cold. <laughs> a common cold. <laughs> a, a cold in common. A cold, Indeed, yeah. we do. So if we sneeze or cough, uh, please excuse us. I'm at the tail end of mine, I will say. I think I'm like right in the middle. So. Mine, I well, because I start, mine was from a viral conjunctivitis that I had. Mm. In, I got pink eye in both eyes right Oof. at the top of 2020. Good. So like started the year 2020 without perfect vision, which mm. is like a metaphor that I'm not really here for. Yeah, I'm not here for it. <laughs> Let's, we can find something different to like... Right. Look at that. It's only up from here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's beautiful. You've been thinking about it. Um, so normally I have um, our guests just kind of jump into their story, but I want to quickly talk about how we met and yeah. kind of the drama that led up to <laughs> us meeting, which was kind of wild. Um, so we were both part of the International Human Rights Arts Festival. Yep. And we were set to, so thank you for coming out, was performing, and then you were performing um, some songs from Disney, I think. Is that right? <laughs> I literally was singing a Disney medley, yes. Yeah, which was amazing and moved me oh. and shook me to my core. Um, <laughs> but we were scheduled to be, to perform in a Catholic church. And it was on a Sunday night, mm -hmm. and I, we got an email Friday morning <laughs> saying that Cardinal Timothy Dolan got caught wind that there were two queer acts in the festival and gave our producer an ultimatum, mm -hmm. which was pull the acts or find a new venue in two days. Yeah. Um, and our producer, Tom Block, was like, we're not pulling these acts, we'll find a new venue. <laughs> he was like, literally, are you asking the International Human Rights Art Festival <laughs> to discriminate? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. No. Absolutely not. And then, you know, what I thought was wild was that another church opened their doors yeah. and hosted us, and it was a beautiful space. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was gorgeous. But just that thing of just an Episcopal church being like, we're not all like that. Mm-hmm. Our doors are open to you. Yeah. Come be queer. Yeah. Sing a Disney medley. Mm-hmm. And, um... <laughs> Kathleen Turner? Is that <laughs> Kathleen Turner was there? Yes, Kathleen Turner was there. <laughs> she was there. It was so wild. What a what a fun night. But then I also got to meet you, and it was so amazing. And I got to meet Kathleen Turner. Right, yeah. <laughs> and you. Right. I mean, listen, I get it. Kathleen Turner's way cooler. I mean, I also <laughs> told Kathleen Turner that night that I think she was my first trans representation on TV. Well, totally. I mean, <laughs> she was, she, like from Friends, right? Yeah. yeah. That I, which was like... For the time, it was, like, rather progressive to, like, cast a cis woman to play a trans woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, 
I've been reading so many articles lately, and we're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bring us back to the your coming out story, mm-hmm. but been reading so many articles about how like terrible Friends is and how transphobic and homophobic. Them just and, released a thing of like how yeah. transphobic everybody's favorite TV show is, and I was like, yeah. I don't think it was everybody's favorite TV show, but also like, yes, I've been saying that for years. Yeah, and I still love it. Right, <laughs> right. Like I ha- like I get it, and I, I can. I, love it. I recently, like a couple of years ago, went back and watched the full series when it was on Netflix, and I got up until season seven before it was like really hard to do because mm-hmm. that's when Kathleen Turner's on it, and there's a lot of really bad jokes. Yeah. But there are a lot of bad jokes the whole time. Mm-hmm. If you watch it, framing it as if you are researching the history of white cis heteronormativity in New mm. York City, mm-hmm. then it's easier to watch. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think we all need a nice framing for, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. Um, like, if you know why you're watching something, it's easier to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, that was... Um, I was always so intrigued by that storyline, and I'm looking back now, couldn't can no understand why it was so intriguing. I was like, Oh, what? really? You can? Hmm, yeah. Okay, I still so <laughs> right. Um, all right, so let's let me bring us back to you. This is a this podcast is about topic. you, right? Um, so we would love we meaning me and Bobby <laughs> and our listeners would love to hear one of your coming out stories. One up. Thank you for acknowledging that there's not one. Of course. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing that I talk about all the time is um, I never actually really feel like I came out to people um, in that, like, to me, coming out means that you're in a closet. Um, And I never really felt that I was in a closet for a lot of reasons. Um, Specifically being, I'm really bad at keeping secrets about myself. Like, I can't keep my own secrets. And so, like, as soon as I knew anything about myself, I started telling other people Um, because that's just, like, how I function. Um, I'm good at keeping other people's secrets. But, um, like, as soon as I could name something for myself, I would name it to somebody else. And so when I was in college, I was a freshman in college, and I was dating a human um, who was a cis man and was newly out himself as gay. Um, And he... I was, like, his first boyfriend, and I put air quotes around boyfriend for the obvious reasons. Spoiler alert. Um, And when I um, told him I was a girl, he was like, no. Mm. Um, And I was like, okay. (laughs) You're probably right. Wow. Um, Because if rom-coms have taught me anything, you're supposed to know me better than I know myself. So, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm not. (laughs) Just kidding. Bye. Um, And I put that away for, like, a year. Um... Largely because when I told him I was a girl, that didn't feel right, and that actually didn't feel accurate, and I had, like, a name picked out, and it still didn't feel good to, like, say out loud, and, like, telling him wasn't really strong. Um, Actually, when I was thinking about this on my way here, I also realized a similar thing happened when I first came out as gay, when I, like, thought that was the thing that we were doing, Mm -hmm. Um, with, I had told an ex-girlfriend first, and she was like, no, you're not, and I was Mm -hmm. like... Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, sat on it for a year. (laughs) Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, But then, so it wasn't until, like, I was in in a class called Philosophical Issues of Race and Gender, which, um, had I known at the time, was going to be my career. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have paid a lot more attention. But we read, like, a Judith Butler article from Undoing Gender about Mm -hmm. just, like, the fact that, like, 
all bodies are like a little different and like there are some cis men with like higher estrogen 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 that was estrogen and progesterone <laughs> <laughs> all of them um but just like that like hormone levels and things are different through like all types of people which is like now an experience that i know to be called intersex and like all mm-hmm. of that is like what joseph Butler was largely talking about but also just like deconstructing these like gender stereotypes and all of those things um and so from that i like fell into this like hole of Tumblr and Kate Bornstein um, and found words that like felt more comfortable and felt more right. Um, and then, yeah, that, that like the coming out thing didn't really happen so much as like a slow roll of conversations with people as I figured it out for myself. I also figured out how to navigate talking to people about it. And if I would talk to people about it, um, it wasn't until like, Um, It wasn't until, like, two or three years later that I, like, did, like, the full, like, public announcement on, like, Facebook because I was changing my name. But again, like, that didn't really feel like a coming out because I had already been living and existing and talking to people about me being trans for a while. That was just a, like, hey, update about this one thing that you've been calling me for a while. Um where I frame all of that as me really, like, coming into myself Mm -hmm. and not coming out of a closet. Um, It's me coming out of expectation, and it's me coming out of what I've been given and what I've been taught um, and what we've all been handed in life. Mm. Um, But I don't... I don't know. I, I don't necessarily, like, talk about me coming out because, to me at least, and maybe other people have different relationships with the terms and all that, um... But for me, it sounds like something that has been, that I've been hiding for a while, where, like, I wasn't consciously hiding anything because Mm -hmm. I didn't know those things at the time. Like, as soon as I knew something, I was was never had a period where I was like, I'm gay and I'm not telling anybody. I never had a period where I was like, I'm trans and I'm not telling anybody. Mm -hmm. Like, I always told somebody Mm -hmm. almost immediately when those things were happening, at least somebody. So, like... I never felt like I necessarily... Because, like, I mean, when I told my boyfriend, it, like, took a while for me to talk to other people about it, but also took a while for me to really figure it out because I didn't understand that I was non-binary at the time. So, like, figuring out what that looked like and all of those things, I wasn't sure of my identity, so I wasn't necessarily hiding it. I was navigating it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, thank you for sharing. Yeah. This is, I love that. Um, thank you for coming in mm-hmm. to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> the sequel. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, I love that too. I have, Sorry to ruin the title of your podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. If I would have known. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, no, I really love that notion. And it's so interesting to me because I really held close the secret of being gay for 20 years Mm. and really Mm. like was very conscious of it and it plagued me and there are still trauma effects that are you know yeah around um excuse me and one of the reasons why I kept it so but and then also when I realized that I was a trans person at 29 years old Mm -hmm. um I did the like how you said like as soon as you figured it out, you just start telling people. And that's how I, because I knew how dangerous it was to keep it in the first Mm -hmm. time when I figured Mm -hmm. this new part out about me, um, I did not keep it in. And I like made appointments with people and I was like, I have so many things to tell you. Let's 
put a time on the calendar. That's great. But um, my question to you is, one of the reasons why I held that secret so close to me was that I was so afraid of people's reactions Mm -hmm. and afraid of losing folks or afraid of um, being, I guess, like an other. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering for you kind of what went into your decision of as soon as you found out, you know, became conscious of these parts of you, Mm -hmm. what drove you to share immediately versus keeping it close? Yeah. Um, I will say I'm like rather privileged in a lot of ways. Um, but also just like that I grew up in New York and Mm -hmm. both of my brothers are gay Mm -hmm. and like I had a lot of queer folks around me growing up. Um, and so I guess for both, I mean, with my gender identity, the conversation was largely influenced with how it happened when I was talking to people about my sexuality and like the time that I finally, like, did name myself as gay after that blip of (laughs) trying to an ex, who was also, like, my good friend at the time. But, like, when it finally, like, stuck and made sense for me, I also, the first person I told, I ended up dating. Mm. So, like, there was an instant success with it, you know? Yeah. Um... One of my brothers was already out as gay and had already had that conversation with me. So, like, there were, like, speed bumps with the family, but also I knew, like, there was somebody who was going to be fine with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, like, later that year, my oldest brother, we were, like, at a party and he was like, I'm gay. And I was like, me too. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, like, it was kind of fine, you know? Mm Um, I also, like, grew up doing musical theater and, like, community theater on Long Island where, like, people were surprised it took me that long Mm. (laughs) to name that for myself, Mm -hmm. more so than anything else. Um, So, like, it was largely accepted. Like, nobody really questioned whether or not I was queer. Um, It just was blatantly obvious for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very lucky that I didn't run into a lot of... The, the thing is, like, I had high school bullies. Like, I had a lot of, like, problems as a teenager. And I'm queer. Mm-hmm. And I'm very lucky that those were two different things. My largest bully in high school was actually gay. Mm. And he bullied me because he wanted to date me and I wouldn't date him. Were you out in high school? Not at that time. Mm, okay. Yeah. Was the bully out um, in high school? Yes. Okay, interesting. And we, like, hooked up a couple of times, but I was, like, I'm not gay. Like, I was, like, in that moment of, like, trying to figure myself out and, mm-hmm. like, wasn't really claiming it. So he got mad that I wasn't out and like, he couldn't talk about the fact that we hooked up. Mm. And so he spread rumors about me and, like, tried to ruin my life. And then I ended up ruining his. Um, Ooh. Pay back some bitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's fine. I, like, want to hear that story. (laughs) I mean, he also made the mistake of, like, spreading, like, mass texts saying that I had, like, given my good friend a blowjob and was, like, send this to ten people or you're next when that was a thing that we did. Also, Mm. or you're next, as if that's, like, the worst thing that can happen. Like, or next, like, you're going to get a blowjob? Me going down on you is the threat there. (laughs) Um, Which, like, you should be so lucky. Um, Oh, my God. (laughs) But then he made the mistake of, like, putting that out to, like, everybody on Long Island that I knew. 
And then I went into school the next day. I went to my guidance counselor and I was like, my father has given me permission to punch him in the face, so I need you to keep him away from me. Mm. And then they brought me to the sexual harassment specialist for the school and were like, what would you like us to do to him? Oh. And I was like, I want him taken out of drama club. I want his schedule changed so he's never in the same hall as me. Like, and they did. Wow. Because I was like, I'm going to punch him. That's pretty... (laughs) (laughs) I love that that... Okay, first of all, <laughs> I love the permission from parent to punch. <laughs> PPP, permission parent punch. I love um, your school's response. Right. Like, that's so... To be fair, he was already, like, a problem child and had been, like, suspended multiple times. Mm. And, like, the sexual harassment specialist already knew his name and, like, knew who he was because he was, a, like loser who always was getting in trouble and stuff so like in the weird problematic way I kind of hate it that they like were like excited to punish him in a way that Mm. I was like that feels like cringy now as an adult yeah but like as a kid I was like fuck yeah let's go for it (laughs) okay I have another question which is your school had a sexual assault specialist a sexual harassment oh, I'm sorry specialist? sexual harassment yeah I was specialist? like okay um, I was like I had no idea that was a thing and it just so happened she was like she was also one of the assistant principals like she just like had that title okay attached to her being an assistant principal but she also was like his class's assistant principal so she he was always sent to her office when he was in trouble and stuff so like she had dealt I, I just lucked out that she was also the sexual harassment specialist I think wow yeah I don't, I'm very. I've been rendered speechless. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to have that effect on people. Wow. I haven't talked about this person in years. How's it feel? It's actually freeing. Like oh, good. it's cathartic. I actually recently saw him on Grinder in my neighborhood Ooh. and I was like, ah! <laughs> No. No. Um that's so interesting. All of that. Yeah. Like but that's like the thing of like that's the problems that I had in high school was like not because I'm queer, mm-hmm. because I'm not dating him. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was attacking me for not being into him specifically. Well, like a progressive bullying situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> um, Still coded in toxic masculinity oh. of you don't want me, so I'm going to ruin your life. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I wouldn't call like, it progressive. Like the topic. But it's like, yeah, it's like better than the players. Yeah. We love, like, a gay bully. Let's go for it. Yeah, there you go. Um, I was a little bit of a bully in high school. I mean, I was, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was, like, scared to be outed, and mm. so I made fun of the people who I thought were queer, or oh. and some turned out to be, some mm. did not. Um, yeah. But I actually have apologized to every single person that I bullied as an adult, oh, because I so was, good. like... Just felt so terrible. Like it's not. Right. I just felt awful, and right. it was received well by everyone. There was one person who was like, "Yeah, you were an asshole," and I was like, "I know. I'm really mm. sorry. That's why I'm saying I'm sorry." Yeah. Um, but it felt um nice to take the responsibility. Yeah. Of that, because I was like, I was miserable, and I right. wanted other people to be miserable too. Right. That's the thing that I've been unpacking a lot recently. Is because I was, I very quickly became, like, queen bee of my drama club, and I was, like, untouchable for that section of my school. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I wasn't, like, queen of school, but I had, like, my section that I could, like, dominate. Um, 
And it's a thing that I've been unpacking a lot recently of like, because of media representation and things at the time, not understanding gender stuff, mm-hmm. that was the only brand of femininity I could really hold on to mm-hmm. because strong women don't really exist without being bitchy. Yeah. Or at least like for the most part in like when we're talking about like high school representation in films mm-hmm. and TV and things that like the most iconic things that you think of are like mean girls and things that like have these like head bitches. And like that was largely what I was latching onto. And especially as a person who was like understanding myself more closely to like a gay man, that is also a raging stereotype and like a very easy thing to fall into of like that's what is celebrated and what is depicted and that's like the only representation I really saw. Mm-hmm. And also people laughed when I did it, so it worked for a little bit, you know? Yeah. But it wasn't really until I understood my gender identity that I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm a bad person and that needs to shift, that needs to change. Mm. Um but yeah, it was it's so interesting the like my trying to find a feminine identity ended up with me being a bully. I mean, literally same but opposite. Flipped. Yeah, yeah flipped of me. When I think I think back to a lot of like improv scenes that I would do mm. and I would always not always, but most of the time enter a scene as like a like bully boy mm-hmm. and like feeling myself and like coming into my own yeah. in those scenes and like yeah. really exploring um, and also in real life, not just improv. Like I right. also was, yeah, like I said, a bully in high school, but um, not like a major bully. I also was bullied too, but not for being great, right. for being who knows, for existing, right? right. <laughs> like, They'll always find something. Yeah. And that's like the cycle of abuse there of like, I bullied within, like, drama club because I was getting bullied outside of drama club, so I made a space that, like, I could hold rank in. hmm Which is, like, messed up, and I'm not proud of it. Like, I'm still really unpacking the effects of that. I don't even... The thing is, like, I don't even know who to reach out to to apologize because, like, mm. I kind of blacked out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah. Literally, recently, somebody like, kind of called me out from college, and I was like, I have no memory of what you're talking about. I'm sure it's true. I'm so sorry. I really don't remember that happening at all. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have those memories Mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons, and, like, probably because I'm not proud of them, and I try to, like, push them away, but I'm just like, I know, like, three or four girls I probably should reach out to and be like, hey, that wasn't great. I, ugh. Yeah. Um... I don't remember a lot of my stuff, but that's because mm-hmm. I drank myself to oblivion every mm-hmm. day. Um, and also, I'm sure there are, like, things where I'm, like, I wouldn't remember just because I, I just block all that stuff out. I, I really feel that. Yeah. 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 Um, I want to go back to um, – sorry, I was covering my mouth. I want to go back to um, the two instances that you mentioned when you said, I'm gay, and mm-hmm. the person was like, no, you're not. And you're like, Okay. Or I'm a girl. No, you're not. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. Um, and just like the power, I kind of alluded to it in my my iteration of the power of people's responses. Yeah. And just what that does yeah. to us. Also, in both of those cases, there was a romantic element to it because the first one was, I'm pretty sure she like still had feelings for me and that's where that came from because she was like, 
no, I can't date you if you're gay. Mm -hmm. Um, In retrospect, it's also funny because the reason she was effectively able to be like, no, you're not, was because... I'm bi. <laughs> and so, like, it was the same thing with the gender thing where I was like, I'm this thing, and I didn't know that there was, like, the other option to just, like, be all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, the idea of, like, the reaction that people have was super effective on me because what I was saying wasn't right mm-hmm. for me at the time. Um, and that's just, like, my experience of it, because I'm sure that still happens to people when they do say what is right for them, and they still listen to the responses instead of the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is very interesting for me that it was, like, she wanted to date me so I couldn't be gay. It didn't matter if I was. It didn't matter, like, how I felt. It didn't matter all of that. Yeah. Where, like, he wanted to date me so I couldn't be a girl. Mm-hmm. Because he just came out as a gay man, and he wanted to date a, ma- a boy. He wanted to date men. I couldn't stop being one. <laughs> that would put a wrench in his system. Mm-hmm. In his defense, we've spoken recently, and he's like, I'm so sorry. You you had that figured out, and I really squashed that. Like, mm. I, and He's like, I see you. I respect you. Like, We've had conversations since. He's actually like worked for, like, trans-focused centers for kids and stuff now. And I'm like, wow. cool, ally. Why, I love that. <laughs> right. Like, um, but yeah, the thing of, like, other people clinging, clinging on to, like, their ideas of what you should be for their own benefit, yeah. which is a thing I think specifically for trans folks happens a lot when they're partnered, when they find out their gender identities and, like, figure out that they are no longer what their partner is supposed to be dating or, like, right. is supposed like, to be interested yeah. in and all of that. Mm-hmm. Where, like, that's when I talk about, like, with, like, pansexuality and things of, like, is gender really the primary concern of how you're partnering yourself? Because, like, that was, like, an early relationship kind of thing. Like, yeah, you're, like, figuring things out. But, like, if you've been, like, married for eight years, like, do you love this person or do you love this presentation mm-hmm. of a person? Like, you know, that, like... Because if you love the person, they're still there mm-hmm. one way or the other. And a lot of couples stay together and it works. Yeah. Because they love the person. Right. Where it's like, do you love this person or do you love this idea? Like, do you love these words that you get to use? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, what is this here? Yeah. And I think another piece that kind of folds into that is it, it can potentially call into question the partner's identities as well. Right. Even though we shouldn't be basing our identities on our partner. Right. We're also human. And so, you know, it only makes sense that you would start thinking about, well, well, if you're not a woman anymore, then I'm not a lesbian anymore. Or, you know, like whatever it it might be. Right. But that's like, even like now living and dating as a non-binary person, I date cis gay men. I dated a cis gay guy who like early on, I was just like, are you gay? And he was like, yeah, is that a problem? (laughs) And I was like, I'm not going to take your word away from you so long as you don't take my word away from me. Mm -hmm. And he was like, okay. Great. Never misgendered me. Like, we never had a problem. He just calls himself gay, Mm -hmm. but wasn't dating a man. Yeah. And that was fine. Yeah. I had a similar scenario um, with my ex who kind of 
came into her own while we were dating and so mm-hmm. didn't really have a word to begin with. Yeah. And so um, was like, well, I can't be a lesbian because you're not a woman. I was like, you can be whatever you want to be. Like, right. if that's what feels right for you, right. don't base it on me. And um, I think she went with queer for a while, and I don't mm-hmm. know, and we're not together anymore, but I don't know what she uses now. But just I think it's so interesting um, just like how those dynamics play out. and That actually, I recently saw an ex of mine on a dating app, and when we dated, he was calling himself bi, and now he's calling himself pan. Mm. And I'm like, did I do that? <laughs> did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to directly reference that. But I was like, hmm. Interesting also because I like dating like bi and pan folks because like usually that's, easier for like my brain at least or like it feels more affirming in a weird like semantic way Mm -hmm. but also he never got my pronouns and that's ended up being why we broke up Mm. because like we dated for three months and I was like yeah I can't uh date somebody who doesn't use my pronouns and he was like then we shouldn't see each other and I was like oh oh wow that was me saying I wanted to be in a relationship but I wanted you to try (laughs) yeah (laughs) so it was um can I ask a a probing question about that please do so was was this person literally not even trying or like trying and making mistake every time um it was like two and a half months of he exclusively Mm. um although he would like call me like lady like pronouns were always he him but like words and adjectives would often be femme Hmm. which a part of me was like okay overall I'm evening out here but it also felt like more fake that way and it felt like it felt really invalidating in a lot of ways um and then toward the end he shifted to she but I was like we're three months in that's too slow for me yeah (laughs) I was like I can't I can't that's really tough yeah three months and it was a thing like I like sent him resources like I like teach this kind of stuff like I sent him like apps where you can like fill in the pronouns in the blanks and all of the games and stuff and I was just like did you use those did you try like that was my way of being like I like you. Mm-hmm. I want you to do this so that I can continue to like you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's the thing that I find a lot of people don't really, like, get or realize is that, like, when I offer you help, it's because I care yeah. about you. Mm-hmm. And I want you to stay around. Yeah. It's like you wouldn't expend the energy to right. educate someone that you didn't care about. Right. Yeah. Unless it's, it's like, your It's a sign of respect. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's a sign of, like, respect if I, like, offer you help in acknowledging who I am. Yeah. Definitely. And it's also a sign of respect to take that help. To take the help. <laughs> and at least try. Um, Please. That is a great segue into, mm. I was listening to your podcast called mm-hmm. Topics Include. Um, and I, I forget um, when it aired, but you all were talking about being misgendered. Um and you were talking about I love I okay first of all I love the podcast and I love listening to other trans people because it is so yeah. fucking affirming mm. it is unreal mm. and like things that I have been thinking and teaching and talking about hearing other people um who I don't really I mean we see each other twice in three years. I mean, you know, I mean, we yeah. don't really interact. Yeah. But like, there, it's just so neat and affirming to 
know that these experiences are common and that we're all going through these same things and having these thoughts together. Um, I'm thinking specifically about, um, I can't remember which one of your co-hosts said it, but um, or maybe it was you. Um, <laughs> you were talking about um, how we were just like conditioned to to know and have a hunch when people are trying versus mm-hmm. when they're just not even fucking giving a fuck. And yeah. I mean, that is a major misquote. That is not what your co-host said at <laughs> all. But that's the gist of what right. the, th- yeah. the theme. And I say that to people in my trainings and yeah. my family and my community of like, I know when you're trying. Right. And it's and it was really validating to hear that like, oh, other people like know too and are talking about it. Right. That's a thing that like I feel like, people try to, like, tell me that they're trying really hard. And I'm like, I know you are or I don't. Mm-hmm. Like, if you tell me that you are, it's usually because you're not. Right. Or, like, I already know that you are and you don't have to be telling me that. It's, like, it's the same thing of, like, living and existing as a non-binary person in New York City for multiple years I've gotten very good at deciding when I see somebody staring at me on the street if they want to fuck me or kill me or, like, yeah. all of those, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I have gotten very good at distinguishing whether or not I'm safe within, like, seconds of seeing somebody looking at me. Yeah. And, like, sometimes it's all of them. <laughs> you <laughs> right, know, like, right. But, like, that is, like, a very real, very scary experience, but also, mm-hmm. like, is, like, second nature at this point. Yeah. Of, like walking down the street with my roommate and then having to be like, we have to cross the street. Yeah. And, like, he didn't even know somebody else was on the sidewalk, you know? Like, right. Things like that of, like, being totally. like, cool. Yeah. Like, we're going to redirect this. Or being, like, somebody asks if I'm uncomfortable and I need to move, and I'm like, no, they just think I'm cute. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fine. You know, like. Yeah. Or, like, somebody just wants to know where I got my nail polish. You know, like, I, you do learn those glances and you, like, learn how people are registering you all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not 100% right all of the time. Right. And they're, they're not scary when you <laughs> do it wrong. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's, like, these things that, it's, like, weird skill sets that, like, we don't really acknowledge enough. Yeah. That is, like, I, I don't know how useful they are. I mean, like, other than our own personal safety. But, like, mm-hmm. things that, like, we don't really get acknowledged for is that, like, queer people, people of color, like, anybody who's, like, at risk on a street at, in New York at this point have, yeah. like, these, like, sensors that's, like, kind of, like, superhuman of, mm-hmm. like, being able to read how people are seeing us on the street yeah. very quickly. Yeah. I have, I've tried to explain that to people t- before where it's like, I can tell a look. I, yeah. I can tell within sec. like you literally, I could have just said what you just said. I won't repeat it, but like, <laughs> it's just, it's so affirming right. to know that we all are, are in this like experience together. Right. Um, and to know, yeah, the good, yes. Yeah. Just yes. 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 <laughs> uh, we are both like putting our hands in the air. Like, it's like <laughs> yes. we're just like, yes, we are here. Um, Something that I fa- that I thought was really really interesting that you all started talking about on that episode that I want to talk about with you is um, um, the notion of cis passing privilege versus mm-hmm. cis assumed, mm-hmm. and I thought that was so like mind blowing and amazing. And I would love for you, so if glad. you are comfortable, yeah. talking about the difference and why we use one or why 
why folks use one over the other. Totally. Um, yeah. It was really eye-opening for me. Yeah, it's a thing. Um, I've been trying to find that language for a very long time, actually. I made a YouTube video a couple of years ago at this point, maybe, um, like about privilege, um, specifically focusing on like whether or not trans women have male privilege, which they don't. Um, that's not what that is. Um, but in it, I like talked a lot about like benefiting from privileges that are outside of your identity that you're not meaning to get. Um, in terms of like, because there's like passing privilege in terms of like race, where like people of color who are passing for white get privilege from be like being light skinned and things like that, and like things that it's things that we don't have control over, like how we look and those things. Um, but then also talking about like not just like trans women who like can be read as women and have privilege from that. Or trans men who can be read as men um, and have cis privilege. men and cis women. No, trans men. Who... No, I mean trans. You're saying trans men being read as cis men. Oh yes, yeah. Yes, and yeah. cis women. Like yeah. being like being read as the gender you are. There's the privilege in that. But like, in terms of me, like, I have privilege when I'm read as a man, and I don't necessarily call that passing privilege, because, for me, passing doesn't look like a man, you know, because I'm non-binary. Mm -hmm. If anything, passing for me would be closer to the femme and, like, would probably be, like, passing as a woman. Um, but I don't really have an option for either of those things because you can't pass as non-binary in this world right now. Mm -hmm. um, I made a note of that, too. I was like, because you said non-binary passing is what? Like, right. right like, like, how what is do it? you do that? Right. What does it look like? So, like, that's where using the language cis-assumed is a lot stronger than cis passing for a lot of reasons. Also the reason of just, um, I brought up like people of color being read as white, like passing is rooted in history talking about race. And so like just borrowing terms from race to talk about gender is not always the best way to go with things. Um, but also just to talk about me not having male privilege because that is misgendering me, but having privilege for being assumed to be a cis man mm -hmm. is a thing. Right. Because I do get that. I mean, that cis man that people are assuming me to be is a faggot, but, like, you know, like, <laughs> sorry, I probably shouldn't drop no. that on this. We, I said fuck, like, six times earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, it's a queer man. Like, I'm not getting, like, I don't think I'm walking down the street ever getting, like, cishet privilege anywhere. But, like, there is a layer of privilege that comes with that. But it's me being assumed to be cis. Where calling that passing feels icky to me and mm -hmm. feels like it's misgendering as if that's, like, the... Because the passing also has, like, the baggage of it being, like, the ideal or the preferred right. way and all mm -hmm. of those things. Yeah. Um, which is also gross yeah. and whatever. <laughs> and it's also gross when we're talking about race and, like, because being lighter is not necessarily preferred or ideal. Um, but that's just, it's it's been really helpful for me. I found that language on, like, a meme online that, mm. like, I think somebody, like, had tweeted it once, and it's just been generated that, like, people have been posting about that, so I can't take credit for it. Mm -hmm. But it's been really helpful in adjusting my, like, mindset on how we talk about things um, and also getting away from using language that is coded in conversations about race, which is also something that... I try to be very conscious of when talking about gender because um, they are very different conversations. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's it, it's 
helpful for a lot of different reasons, and also is usually actually just more accurate because talking about passing puts the onus on the person who is being read, mm-hmm. where cis assumed puts it on the person who's doing the reading. Right. And that's what privilege is. Mm-hmm. You're not in control of your own privilege. Like, that's how privilege works. Privilege is given to you by how you are perceived by other people, which is why there's not one, I can't get the same privilege in every room I walk into because different people are going to read me different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's privilege is subjective to the people around you. And mm-hmm. so talking about you being assumed instead of passing is a way of acknowledging that your privilege is coming from external influences. Yeah. Snaps. <laughs> I would snap at my hands. An impromptu so rant I that I was not ready to go on, but I'm uh, apparently we're listening, could just we're here ramble it. about it. <laughs> um, I thought it was, I thought that was, that is very insightful and something for us to think about. Also, Thank for those you. of you wondering at home, cis and cisgender <laughs> means... <laughs> oh, do we have um, I mean, we don't... I mean, I, now that I started it, I'll finish it. But uh, it just means that you identify with the gender you were assigned at birth. Um, if you... Do you know the root of trans and cis? Because I find a lot of people don't actually... Like the, the reason that it came Like where in. they come from? Yeah. That they're from chemistry? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere else with that. Um, please, please share. <laughs> Um, I mean, just like the prefixes cis and trans are borrowed from chemistry and they're about chemical bonds and cis means on the same side of and trans means across, beyond, or on the other side of. Like I knew those were like Latin prefixes. Right, but they're like... They're also chemistry. In like chemical bonds, like if the chemical, if the bonds are forming on the same side of, they're cis. And Mm. if they're um, forming on the other side or like across or something like that, they're trans. Okay, so I didn't not know. <laughs> yeah. But I, like, knew. I mean, I didn't know. <laughs> My little educator hat for <laughs> That's you. That's great. For well, the I, and here's the thing is I'm also an educator, but I'm also a lifelong learner. So mm, Aren't we all? Yeah, we better be. Learning, figuring it out. Yeah. That's the fun thing, actually, because I do um, a lot of different, like, workshops and trainings and things around identity, and I'm always really excited when I get to go speak in colleges because usually I learn more than I teach, mm-hmm. and I just, like, sit there and I'm like, let me just be a sponge and I'll just soak up your words because, like, the young folks are, like, figuring things out much faster than we did. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what do you know? Yeah. You tell me everything. Right. Even though I'm supposed to be talking to you. I, like, we did a game once. We usually, one of the programs I do, we just, like, have them come up and, like, write, like, every identity they can think of on a whiteboard. And one day I, somebody wrote space gay. And I was like, mm. what? I was like, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know this one. And there was also, like, I think, like, water gay or, like, sea gay or something. And I was like, as opposed to land gay? I'm, what? And they were just, like, inside jokes with their school and stuff. Uh-huh. And, like, for, but I was just like, space gay is a thing now? And I was like, who are the space gays? Yeah. Like, can I go? Right? <laughs> that sounds fun. Um, I definitely, my colleagues, we have a joke about being a California gay. And, like, mm-hmm. when I look like I'm straight out of L.A., they're like, you are so California gay right now. I'm like, mm-hmm. or L.A. gay. I'm like, thank you. It's, like, such a high compliment. Thank I'm like, so thank much. you so much. <laughs> I love that. But I aspire to be an L.A. gay always. <laughs> Even in, on the New York City streets. We have very different aesthetics. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> um, 
So one of my like quote unquote standard questions, this, this does not mean our conversation is lagging. It means that it <laughs> lines up okay. with um, something that you, one of your projects called Dear Baby Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my questions is advice to your younger self. And mm-hmm. so they align very nicely. So I wanted to kind of um, talk about Dear Baby Maybe because I love, I really love the idea of, um, which is why it's one of my questions mm-hmm. is, being able to talk to your younger self and like give right. yourself love yeah. and also ho- hopefully younger generations are seeing you know your posts and also not even necessarily younger generations but folks who are struggling with their identity and don't right. know what to think or you know so I'm I want to know from you if you have a favorite dear baby maybe which is uh, maybe you can maybe say a couple words of like what exactly that is like your specific project but I'd love to hear about that yeah um the project's inspired by like a couple of different things I was playing a 12 year old in a musical um and just like started thinking about my 12 year old self a lot while I was like playing that character um but also pink has a song called conversations with my 13 year old self Mm. um and that like, those two things combined largely inspired me to just start writing letters to my 12-year-old self. Um, because I kept thinking about, like, imagine if this kid knew me. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine if that kid saw who they were going to grow up to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, 12 is really, for me, important because it's, like, beginning of, like, figuring a lot of things out for a lot of folks, but also... Um, later when I was an adult, my mother told me that 12 years old is the year that she realized something was wrong and she couldn't figure it out. So she gave up. Mm. Um, so I really wanted to like reach that kid and be like, Hey, you're not alone. It's okay. Um, and I think my first letter is my favorite one Mm. of just kind of the like reach out of like, Hey kiddo. (laughs) Um, and I mean, I go through a couple of different things and I like try to, to keep them up for a while. Um, I've stopped doing them largely. When we started doing Topics Include, I retired Dear Baby Maybe and then started speaking them on the podcast. Mm. Um, But yeah, in the first one, um, I talk about, like, remembering how lonely it is to, like, lay in bed at night and try to figure out who you are and all of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I do remember that kid and I remember those nights. And I, every now and then, stop and take a breath and realize how lucky I am that I'm now able to like put makeup on at the top of my day Mm -hmm. instead of like late at night when I used to practice and then have to cry it off and like take a shower um to get rid of the evidence and those things Mm -hmm. um I like never lose that kid who had to hide and struggle to figure things out because they weren't allowed to really have that conversation out loud for Mm -hmm. a long time Mm -hmm. um again still like not claiming an identity and hiding it but like trying to understand why they liked these things and, like, why they couldn't like these things right. <laughs> and, like, wh- why people wouldn't let them explore this stuff and all of that um, is stuff that I've held very dear to myself and just, like, not necessarily advice to that kid, but just, like, being, like, you're on your way to something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you're you're not wrong. Yeah. Just, like, figure it out. Yeah. Because that's also, like... If I was 12 and some non-binary person walked up to me and was like, you'll be me one day, I'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> you know, like, that would <laughs> yeah. be, like, such a weird experience for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But, like, whatever. 
It's also very funny. Um, my brother <laughs> tells me that when I was like eight years old, I came home one day and I told him, I think boys are prettier than girls. And hmm. he was like, sit on that for a few years. Just don't, don't talk about that for a while. <laughs> mm, interesting. So like, and then your brother was like, are boys prettier than <laughs> girls? <laughs> oh my God, am I the reason he's <laughs> He caught it. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny, that he because that's the one that ended up being like open and out before me. Mm, there you go. <laughs> that's really funny. Um, yeah, that I mean, that's truly one of the reasons why I do all of the work that I do yeah. is because there, I just felt so alone for so much of my life yeah. that I really want, I don't want any human to ever feel alone because it is terrible. Yeah. It is such a sad, hard feeling. And that's the thing that like, because I do remember, I, I remember like literally when I was grappling with the fact that I wanted to date men or like I was attracted to men and like that wasn't an option that I could see for myself. I remember like, laying in bed at night and thinking about like jobs that I could get where I wouldn't have to talk to a lot of people mm. and like places that I could go where I could just be alone and not have to have any friends so nobody would find out and like never have to talk about it. Yeah. And then like we would just never deal with it. Yeah. Which is an unfortunate experience that I think a lot of us have. Yeah. Of like just being like how can I cut myself off from everybody yeah. so that I don't have to deal with this. Yeah. And if I'm not around people it doesn't matter who I'm attracted to because I won't have anybody to talk to. Right. Um which is, like, terrible, mm -hmm. but also, like, I don't know. I don't <laughs> – I might be wrong about this, and I haven't read all of those letters recently. I don't know that I necessarily give that kid advice oh, okay. during it ever. Um, but that's also how I exist in a lot of my advocacy isn't really based in me giving advice to other people. Mm -hmm. If people ask me for advice, I'll try my best to, like, give my version of – events or what has happened but that's like a lot of my advocacy is just being as visible and yeah. transparent as possible mm -hmm. to show that I'm an option yeah same like that's yeah it's yeah. like because I'm not going to tell anybody else that they should be doing what I'm doing I'm not going to be giving people like a toolbox of how to become me because I don't think that's a good idea for anyone <laughs> <laughs> um, not that I don't like being me um but like I'm me. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, I know that if I was a kid, it happened to me when I was, like, trying to find out my gender identity, and I went on Tumblr. Like, I found a bunch of people who were doing a bunch of different things. So I'm just, like, contributing to that for the next person who's going to go looking for their identity. They'll find me and see that that's an option and see whether or not a lot of the stuff I'm doing works for them. Yeah. It's not like I have an advice column of, like, this is how you should be doing this. Right. It's like, this is how I'm doing this. This worked. This didn't. What's good with you? Yeah. You know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Maybe advice wasn't the right word, but I mean, I think it's just that visibility piece is... Yeah. Um, I also just get a lot of anxiety about when people do ask me for advice because oh, I'm like, I don't, totally. I don't want to be responsible if something goes wrong. Like, yeah. I, don't, like, I actually really feel the same way. And then any anytime anyone does, I'm like, listen, this is just my opinion. I make them sign waivers. I mean, right. not really, but I'm like, I, you know, I could be no, wrong. It's just like, this is my experience. It's yeah. like what I did. This it's is like, for me. Uh, yeah. No, that's, that is very real. Um, oh, you said something and now I can't remember... Just repeat everything you just said. Sure. So I started <laughs> writing Dear Baby. Um, yeah, no, that's... Um, 
Wow. I feel like my, my brain fart is really voluptuous right now. Potent. <laughs> yeah, it's very potent. Um, oh, I know exactly what it was. It was how you were trying to like find a, a career where you wouldn't have to like interact mm. with people. Yeah. And the way, for me, it wasn't um, that necessarily, but it was... Um, it was drinking all the time. So mm-hmm. it was like this like cycle of drinking to blacking out, to mm-hmm. not remembering, to then not being held really accountable because I was like, I was blacked out. And then waking up in the morning and literally hating myself yeah. and then blaming all of the hate and the pain on that. Yep. You know, rinse and repeat. Yep. Um, and, then, and then what else was baked into that was... Um, not really caring or seeing a future for myself. Yeah. And so it just didn't even, it didn't even occur to me to think of a, a career that I didn't need to talk to people in. Cause I was like, I'm not even going to get to that point in my life because I just, I couldn't see it existing. I did. I couldn't see myself existing in a world that wasn't just this like binge drink yeah. cycle. It just didn't occur to me that that there was a possibility. There's more. Yeah. yeah. That's, um, I do have one of the lines from Dear Baby Maybe Memorized because the line um, that I wrote, like, maybe in high school that I, like, had been f- trying to find a piece to, like, put in for a while um, that was, you never thought something that didn't exist could be so scary until you thought about your future um, mm. because I never thought of a future. Yeah. Like, literally until, like, recently, mm-hmm. like, in the past, like, year or two have I been, like, okay, I might be here for a little longer, you know? Like, yeah. let's lay some goals. Let's make some plans. Yeah, like, and it's, like, it's a whole nother set of stuff. Right, you yeah, know? Like, totally. I, I mean, I came out as genderqueer trans. I didn't actually claim the word trans until more recently, but came out as genderqueer at 29. I'm 35 now, and I'm still learning how to navigate the world yeah. and how to be a, a grown up and an adult. And I'm, and then that is not unique to me. I know that right. every adult, regardless of gender identity is trying to find themselves. And I feel like for me, at least disclaimer, this is just me, you know, <laughs> um, sign the waiver. Yeah. It's like, Oh, it just feels so much harder because I, I wasn't paying attention this whole, my whole time. I wasn't paying attention to like, right what is the right way to network with people and what is the right way to, you know, all of the things. I was like, because none of it felt like it mattered. Well, that's, yeah, that's a thing that, like, a lot of people have been talking about, like, through social media and stuff recently of, like, for queer folks, it's, like, really fine to be, like, figuring stuff out, like, later in life. Oh, that one tweet that went viral. Yeah, because we, like, spent so much time figuring out the basics, mm-hmm. <laughs> like c- cis privilege, is like not having to figure out stuff before you figure out how to be an adult in the world. Right? You know exactly. Like, I saw somewhere the other day that straight privilege is dating in middle school, and I think that's hilarious. Oh my god, that's so true. Though. <laughs> like I've never heard anything more true. Yeah, like <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. Like we didn't get to do that. No. I mean, we. I did, but like. That wasn't dating. I mean, I did, but it was not authentic. Yeah. And it wasn't, like, real practice. I mean, it was, like... I don't think anybody's really dating in middle school, but, like, you know. Yeah. I do know... I have friends who are getting married who have been dating since middle school. So, So. debunked. Straight. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, 
Yeah, it's just, it's, just, it's so wild. Um, yeah, I just fully debunked myself in like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, good for me. <laughs> um, so that, I mean, that is something that I try to give advice to myself and, and, and to give to others yeah. is just like to be kind to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, just because, you know, especially us LGBTQIA plus folks, there's a lot of unlearning and relearning <laughs> that we have to do and navigate yeah. a world that isn't built for us yeah. and to like cut us some fucking slack yeah. and just, you know, we're all in this together and yeah. all we can do is like be kind to ourselves and others. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I think I want to move us into our last segment. I don't, I'm sorry, I don't want to, but for time's sake, I have to. I have to. Um, so this is a, um, this is a rapid fire. Oh, God. So, um, there are no right or wrong answers except for one of them. Yeah. Oh, except for one of them? (laughs) You'll you'll know when it happens. I'm so scared. Um, so just, um, it's going to be, it's going to be so great. It's not. Um, and just I don't answers. do improv. I'm not. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I'm giving you the answers. You just have to pick the whatever comes to mind first. Oh, it's like multiple choice. It's more, yeah, it's multiple choice. Oh, and just so like, much easier. Which one? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not like here's the. Same, I was like really your... nervous. Oh no. So I was I'm like, sorry. are these math problems? Oh gosh, no, <laughs> definitely not. Except, what is your favorite multiplication? Oh, I don't like have set. favorites. Oh, mine. The first one that always comes to mind for me is eight times eight. Oh. And nine times nine. Very interesting. No, not at all. I guess multiples of threes, um, (laughs) because I played George in Schoolhouse Rock Live Junior in middle school, so three is a magic number is still memorized. Well, there you go. Twelve is great. (laughs) Okay. Are you ready? I don't don't know that I'm ready, but here we are. All right, here we are. Just answer as quickly as you can. Um, Pencil or pen? Uh, Pencil. (laughs) Acting or singing? Acting. Dogs or cats? Yes, my answer oh, great. is yes. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> beach or mountains? A beach. Meat or veggies? Ah, uh, veggies. Bagels or donuts? <sighs> Bagels. Good. That was the one. <laughs> <laughs> Train or plane? Um, I don't. Which one has the less carbon footprint? I think train. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, sweet or salty? Um, personality or food? You you determine. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> um, Coke or Pepsi? Ah, uh, Coke. Night or day? Um, what are we doing? Just first thing that comes to mind. Oh, night. Great. And favorite <laughs> kitchen you like utensil? Ladle. Great. A ladle. Okay. I just like to say ladle. Ladle's a fun I, word. I don't even know that I know what a ladle is. I feel like a ladle like sounds like what it is and looks like what it is. It's like so I still don't know. It's like a a big spoon for like to like ladle liquid from one using the using term the, as a verb does right. not help me. But <laughs> I know, but I, although I did from your I hand, did gesture, a hand gesture, I got it. Yeah, yes. I was ladling liquid from one pot to another, scooping it. <laughs> How could you? Um. Maybe this has been so lovely. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Is, um, is there um, anything that we should know about you, meaning like social media? Are there, uh, we should listen to your podcast, of course. Yes, topics include. Topics include. We just what finished else? our first season. Mazel tov. Thank Us too. Mm. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm on social media at Believe in Maybe. 
Um, or just maybe Burke. If you type in my name, usually all that comes up is me and Maybelline. So. Oh, great. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll be sure to tag you in the post. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you for coming out. Thank you for letting me in. <laughs> thank you for coming out. Hey, it's Dubs Weinblatt, your host of Thank You For Coming Out. Thank you so much for listening with an open heart and an open mind. Please subscribe to our podcast on the platform of your choice. And don't forget to rate and review us. It really helps.